In this message about the healing of a paralyzed man in Mark 2, Pastor Dean Yoder encourages us to be the kind of friend that helps others get to Jesus. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. Holy Lord, will I fall on my knees before you? Will I? Would I? Would you, would I allow you to, to enter into a deep enough spot? Would I, would I allow you to enter into a deep enough spot into me where I'm in awe of you, Lord? Would I fall on my knees before you? Would the goodness of God call me to fall on my knees, to bow my head, to bow on bended knee and confess that you are Lord of all? You are Lord of all. Jesus, you are seated right now in heaven. You are at the right hand of the Father, and you are over all right now. And we call peace into this place today. We acknowledge peace in this place. We acknowledge your presence. Yes, yes, your hand is working in our lives. Yes, you have not forgotten us. And I will work, he says, and I will work. I will work those things. I will work those things out. It's what I do, he says. It's what I do. Peace I give and peace I leave. And we are the calm in the storm. We exchange lies for truth. There are those who exchange truth for lies, but we exchange lies for truth. Lord, prepare us for communion at the end of our service today. Prepare us right now. And we thank you for the victory in you. We thank you that you are the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my desires when I walk in here on a Sunday is that I walk out better than I came in and better isn't what I mean by better. Um, I'd like to walk out a little freer. I'd like to walk out a little lighter. Um, I'd like to walk out a little bolder, a little com- more confident um, for, for God's glory, for, for my freedom, for your freedom. And just sometimes we think that things aren't 
sometimes we believe the things that aren't true. In fact, I was thinking that a lot of times we believe things that aren't true. We, we believe a lot, of, a lot of lies, a lot of our shortcomings, uh, a lot of our are not good enoughs or re- what can be redeemed, what can't be redeemed. Uh, it's just all lies. <laughs> Especially if we've submitted it to the foot of the cross. Maybe you think I'll never change. You're stuck in your past sins. The damage is done. Um, if you're interested, I'm going to speak from Mark 2 today. But about a week ago, when I was getting ready for this, uh, or I, I don't know if I was just getting ready for this, but this is, I was, I was reading in the Bible, and I stopped for a second because I thought I was, I was supposed to check something. I, I just felt like, God said, uh, just like, I, I wasn't sure what he was doing, but I thought I was supposed to check something. Um, and I don't remember exactly the order of this, but um, I said, oh, am I holding on to, am I, uh, let's see, what's the word? Holding on to someone else's offense? Is that, does that make sense? To you? Like, am I, have I taken that on? Have I taken somebody else's offense on? But then at the same time, I kind of had this picture in my head and I'm not saying it was a vision. It was just like I'm a picture guy in my head. And so a lot of times the Lord speaks to me through pictures in my head. And I had this picture of me holding on to this thing. You know, it looked like it was about that long and it was rolled up like almost like a bamboo fence or something. And that's kind of why I thought, I think that's why I thought, am I holding on to someone else's offense? Right? <laughs> but I was, I was like... No, I'm serious. This is the way it works with me a lot of times. But so anyhow, I prayed to the Lord about that, and and I know that we're supposed to give Him things, and so like because He went to the cross for everything, and He'll make an exchange. And so I I, I in my picture in my head, I, I gave it to Him, and you know I, I didn't know if it was true or not, but I'm like I don't want to do this. I don't want to hold on to something I'm not supposed to. So I give it to Him, and He said He didn't want it. He wouldn't take it. And I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. Am I supposed to like nail it to the cross? And I was, had been reading in like Leviticus of how they deal with everything and sacrifices. I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to burn it on an altar, you know? <laughs> um, but I'm like, he wouldn't take it. In fact, I feel like he wanted me to kind of hold on to it. And I'm like, this is really strange, Lord. This isn't usually how I think you deal with stuff. And it's usually you take it. And then I continued reading that day, that morning into Mark 2. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, and I, hopefully I think I had some answers as to why what happened, happened. Um, Mark 2, verses 1 through 12, it says, When Jesus came back into, into Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. Can somebody say Jesus was in the house? Yeah. There you go. Jesus was in the house. Good. Got your attention. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer space, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Can you say word? word. There you go. So Jesus in the house and word. All right. So some people came bringing to him a man who was paralyzed, carried by four other men. And when they were unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. Somebody say, raise the roof. <laughs> hey, we're, got, we're going good this morning. Um, after digging an opening, 
they let down the pallet on which the paralyzed man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and thinking it over in their hearts. Notice they're not thinking it over in their heads. They are actually thinking this over in their hearts. And why, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were thinking that way within themselves, said to them, why are you thinking about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and he immediately picked up the pallet and went out in the sight of everyone so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God saying, we have never seen anything like this. No one is more interested in your redemption than Jesus is. But good friends are a close second. See, there's this guy, and when I started reading this, I like have read this probably, you know, whoever knows how many times in my life we've heard this story and heard other people tell it and read it myself. But when I, I read this part right here that says, a man who was paralyzed. All my life I just skim right over that. A man who was paralyzed. Because in my mind, when I said a man who was paralyzed or read it, I would say or think physically paralyzed, which he probably was. Probably was. And I'm glad that, you know, like most of us aren't physically paralyzed. There's plenty of people out there who are paralyzed. I don't know how this man in, this, in the Bible got paralyzed, but, most, but, but a lot of us are paralyzed by other things. We're paralyzed by anxieties, fears, um, chill, yeah, all kinds of things. Lies, a lot of lies. And I was thinking about myself, how I feel paralyzed sometimes. You just feel stuck in something. And uh, these friends that he had, had faith for them to get him to Jesus. And the crowd the crowd was there because they wanted to see something, they wanted to hear something, and they were pressing in because when Jesus is in the house, the house fills up, right? That's, that's the natural reaction to Jesus showing up in his presence, his spirit, and we've seen that in, in the Hasbury revival lately that's started in Kentucky and spread all over the place, different colleges, Different, I heard Alan said prisons today, and people are gathering because Jesus was in the house, it attracted a crowd, and then it's, it's spreading. People, it's just incredible. But that's what happens when Jesus comes into a house and the house fills up. The scribes, they were more um, interested in, in identifying and applying their religious rules. That, that's what they were concerned about. And, and this man's friends, their faith is what got him to Jesus and got him healed. It was their faith. 
When Jesus heals this man, he instructs him to pick up his pallet and go. Now, just so you know, the pallet, when, we, when I think of a pallet, I was thinking of like the pallet that you forklift slides in on on something. It's something really rigid. And, I, and this word pallet is a poor person's bed is what it really, it's the description in the Greek word. It's a poor person's bed. And um, in fact, the other, the other scripture, I think it's in John 5, when Jesus tells the man at the pool to pick up his mat and go, pick up his matter. It's the same word, although they say mat there and they say pallet here. But it's the same word. And so um, it kind of cleared that thing in my head about what could be rolled up underneath my arm, right? So when Jesus heals the man, he instructs him to pick up his pallet and go. And my question is, why? Why shouldn't this guy just leave his mat, his pallet, right where it's at, and walk away from it. Why should he have this man carry his mat back to his house? And I think there's a kingdom principle here for us, is that when Jesus heals you, you now carry a weapon and a witness that was once your weakness. It's your testimony. That That thing that identified your inabilities, your crutches, what carried you because of your limitations, that the thing that you had to depend on because of your stuckness, because you were paralyzed, when you get free from that, now what you carry is a testimony of your healing. It now becomes what you carry instead of what was carrying you. It's said that God gave, or that the crowd gave God glory for the healing. And they were the ones right there in the moment. That's, that's the crowd that was all right there. They were giving glory to God when they saw this happen. And he could have left his pallet and walked away from what had happened, healed, knowing in himself what had happened. The crowd knew it. But as he got away from the crowd, who would have known what Jesus had done? See, he probably would have looked just like every other person walking at that point. They probably wouldn't have remembered him as that guy that came in as a pallet. They probably wouldn't have remembered that. Hey, that's the guy that was paralyzed that we used to see over here all the time. They probably wouldn't have remembered that. He would have looked just like everybody else. See, if you don't carry your testimony, the glory that God receives in the moment stays in the moment. The glory that God receives stays in the moment. We want God to continually get the glory day by day. So what I think I saw in my mind while I was praying, Jesus showing me that he wanted what carried me, what used to defeat me, what used to keep me paralyzed as a testimony to unparalyze others, to bring him glory. 
Didn't want just a moment of me giving something away. And we, even, we really haven't clarified with, with, between him and I what that was. <laughs> I have some ideas, but just general stuckness sometimes is kind of what it is. Like, like digging into, hey, why did I just have that thought that I don't think I'm good enough? I am, I am justified by the cross of Jesus Christ. I am a saint. I am not a sinner. And I will see my king someday, just so you know. <laughs> All right? I, I could never be good enough. I could never be bad enough. I, I just need to be under the blood. This paralyzed man in this story, it seems like the whole story is around him, but he said nothing. There was no, there's no quote from him in that story. We, we don't know exactly what his problem was, but Jesus gives us a, gives us a hint by, by what he does when he says, I'm going to forgive him of his sins. I think this man's problem was he didn't have so many sins is that he didn't believe that Jesus forgave him of his sins. I don't think that he believed that, uh, that he was forgivable. That's what I think the problem was. He was paralyzed and stuck, saying, I will be the same that I always have been forever because I don't think I'm forgivable. And Jesus says, I can fix that. Your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat and walk. Carry it with you. Roll it up on your side. Let everybody see the testimony. Let everybody give glory to God. I want to emphasize that, but I also want to emphasize how important community is in this story. We don't know if the paralyzed man asked his friends to take him to Jesus. We don't, we don't know if, if he could even talk. We don't, we don't know the situation. But he had four friends who spoke truth and knew where to get him to get him fixed. And, you know, if you're surrounded yourself, I was thinking of Job. You guys remember the story of Job? Like, it's a lot of reading. And I, 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 get, I read parts of it. Sometimes I try to, like, but I, that story, Job, you know, he, he gets, he's a successful man. He gets struck um, by the devil. And, and, as, and it's a long, it's, I can't explain it all this morning, but he goes through this super rough, hard time. He's covered in boils. He's lost his family. He's lost ev- just about everything. And he's got two friends that stand there and tell them how God wouldn't do this to somebody that didn't deserve it. And, you know, the first time I read it through, everything they, they've said sounded really good. You know, God wouldn't do this, God wouldn't do this. It sounded actually, yeah, that makes sense. But that wasn't the truth. And if you have friends that are telling you stuff that sounds really good, but it still digs a hole deeper for you, you might want to find some friends that are going to try to help you get to Jesus, actually. 
Somebody going to raise a rope that are going to dig through the dirt with you and get you lower down so that he can touch you. And that's what our community is supposed to be about. We look for the we look for how to get people to the healer that need it. We don't tell them why they're got so many problems, you know. Anyhow, I mean, he was already paralyzed. Like, how? What does it help when a paralyzed person gets to hear more things that keeps paralyzing them? You know. Yeah. No one's more interested in your redemption than Jesus, but good friends are a close second. You need people that lift you up and lower you down. (laughs) Sometimes to get to Jesus, you've got to go through something to get to him. You've got to find a way. And you need people that surround you to help you find a way. I want to take a minute. I want you individually to take a minute because in a few minutes, Travis is going to lead us in communion. And after he gets done with that, we even have people who will pray with you. But I want you to take a minute. And I want you to just close your eyes and ask Jesus if there's anything he wants to unparalyze you from. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A-W-A-K-E-N-M-A-C dot C-O-M.